This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Witchy Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, CD Akira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar at their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is episode 26 of the DJ Force X podcast. I'll be speaking to Stu Phillips a bit later. Uh, he's an uh, artist and illustrator out of the UK. But before that, I've got some uh, news about some previous guests on the show. Uh, we had Jinx on a couple of uh, episodes ago. They're playing the New England Metal Festival, uh, which is awesome. Um, fantastic lineup with them on it as well. Uh, Fine Fine Titans, again, a few episodes ago. Uh, they've just signed up to an agency, which is awesome. That's good for them. Hopefully they get out get some touring and stuff done uh cypher 16 uh despite being out on tour all the time uh they have just released a new album as well they've got an album launch party coming up in london at the underworld go check out their site for details of that the chemists uh, have just uh, released a new single as of today uh from their new album that's coming out in a couple of months go check that out and forever never have just released a new single which you got a video um as well uh go check them out uh, they're on tour with Theory of a Dead Man coming up in the UK. So yeah, that's all fantastic, excellent news for all these previous guests we've had on here. Uh, and long may that news feed to me and I'll let you know how they're doing uh, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and Servers, uh, one of, I think probably one of the first or second, maybe third interviews I did. They have a new album in the works. So if you go add them on social media, you get some studio updates, some snippets of some new songs. Sounding pretty good. So yeah, we're going to speak to Stu. Uh, it's coming up after this next little bit. So yeah, enjoy. Attention all personnel. This is an emergency broadcast. Do not adjust your set. Get ready. To cross the street! Every Tuesday, 11pm GMT on TotalRock.com. Saturday, 11pm East Coast time on the Mix.fm or listen on demand on Mixcloud.com forward slash DJ Force X. We're taking rock, metal, dance music and putting it all in the mix. Welcome to this episode of the DJ Force X podcast. And this week I have Stu. Stu Phillips from the UK um, is a friend of mine. Uh, he's also an artist. You can see some of his handiwork already on my website, uh, as the illustrations I use on there were done by him for my radio show. Uh, pictures, drawings of me in various states of calmness and uh, total out rock 
mode as well um he has his own uh, studio, uh drawing studio kikawawa um and yeah he's on the show welcome hello hello hey yeah. hey How good you... to be on good yeah. to be on cool how are you doing today um not bad not bad it's um it's actually just come up to quarter past seven here in the uk and um i've had a hard day at work and my little boy's just gone to bed, so I'm a bit knackered. And I'm also trying to trying to talk a bit quieter as well, so not to wake him up. Okay. But um, happy to be on and happy to chat about work. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, firstly, I'm going to say it out here on, in a public domain, thank you for your work you've done for me. That's uh, all right. fantastic. I, I continue to use it. So if anyone hasn't seen it, go to my website now, djforcex.com. It's nice. right there. It's huge. It's, right, it's the only picture on on the on the website. <laughs> so yeah, no, no. Um, you're welcome. Very welcome. Cool. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna sort of uh, get a bit of history on you. Um, uh, find out where you got started, where you're going, yeah. what what yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what we um you know what inspires you, things like that. Excellent. So yeah. let's start from the beginning. Um, what got you started on this field? Oh, oh my word! Um, I started drawing probably when I was about six years old. Um, and I met my best friend in school back then who was, um, even at the age of about, uh, seven, eight years old, he was incredibly talented and he was very, very, very into, um, Marvel comics in particular, Spider-Man in particular. And, um, I'd always sort of doodled and drawn and I knew that I loved drawing. And then he kind of focused me that way towards comic books he sort of showed me lots of comic books and i thought this is really cool i would never seen anything like it before mm-hmm. um and he really got me into it and sort of the more i read comics and the more i got into the stories and the more i got into the art um i knew basically from probably about seven maybe eight years old i knew that it's all i wanted to do with my life you know sort of most most kids think to themselves, you know, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. <laughs> I want to be a policeman. I thought I want to sit at a table and draw doodles all day. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where it started. Really. It was, it was my really good friend who unfortunately, um, passed away last year or the year before. Um, and so I have a lot to thank for him. A lot, lot to thank for him basically. Cool. Um, so that's where that started. All right, cool. So um, from there, uh, from that young tender age of six, oh, <laughs> uh, you worked your way through obviously schools and things. Were you um, majoring in art, if you will? Yeah, um, yeah. Back in the, uh, I, um, I'm pretty much self-taught. I've pretty much always been self-taught, but I have, I did do four years of art and design at um, college, and then I was very, very lucky to get on a very rare course here in the UK, which I know it's not rare in the States. It was a sequential illustration course, which is basically comic book art. Um, And it was the only college and the only college to offer the course. So it was the only one of its kind. Um, And they were only offering six places and they were interested in, in my application. So I went for an interview and I got a place and um, it really turned things around for me. I, I did it for two years um, and it was in, incredible. Unfortunately, it was in a place called Swindon, which is an absolute <laughs> cesspool. Um, it's, the, it, it's, it's pretty much the greyest, most concrete, um, toilety place in the UK. Yeah. Um, but I had to travel there every day from Guildford, which you know very well. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, but it was, it was absolutely worth it. All my tutors were working professionals they either worked in the comic industry in the gaming industry 
or children's books. So we were being taught by working professionals. Yeah. Um, and it was one tutor in particular that really turned things around for me because I was struggling, trying really hard to draw, I suppose you could call it the Marvel way. So really sort of dynamic Marvel physique, superheroes and stuff. And I, I was struggling. Um, and then he took me to one side and sort of asked me what it was I really enjoyed doing. And I said, well, I've always enjoyed just sort of doing cartoons and doodling in my sketchbooks. Mm. So he said, focus on that. And um, he said, I think you'll find you'll enjoy what you're doing more. He said, don't listen to what anybody says to you, you know, in the industry, you know, cartoons, cartoons are for kids. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a credible art form. And he said, you'll also find that through doing cartoons, you might come full circle again and end up drawing more sort of realistic physiques. And um, they weren't wrong. They were not wrong. I um, studied on that and I, I worked really, really hard at it. And um, I've kind of draw, I can draw sort of semi-realistic, semi-cartoonist pictures now. Um, so yeah, I did that. And then I just got a boring, straightforward job and it was soul sucking and crushing. Um, and then it was my now wife, uh, girlfriend back then said, you know, go to university, get yourself a degree, you know, with something to do with art and, um, see where you go from there. So I went to, um, lovely place called Farnham oh, yes. in uh, Surrey here in a university for creative that. arts. I yeah. Yeah. You know that. well. That's where I lived. In, <laughs> yeah. Farnham, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I did a graphic design course and sort of everything I could possibly learn from the tutors there. Um, but I was kind of fighting a bit of a losing battle because I'm, I'm a very much traditional artist. So I do everything in pencil, then I ink it. Um, I can color by hand, but I tend to color with computer quite a bit because it's, it's what I get asked to do for commissions. Um, but yeah, it just gave me a few more computery techniques i think is what i got from university but it was the sequential illustration course in swindon of all places yeah. um that really turned it around for me well that's i mean that 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 is really good getting taught by uh industry working industry professionals is oh great. it's invaluable I, invaluable I, yeah it's the same in the music field you can you can learn so much from from very you get you know your your bits from various tutors teachers um on the music side of thing but if you know that they're working if you if you if they are still working while they're with you um it makes that it makes a hell of a lot of difference because they're in that mindset definitely and, and you learn so much from it because you can when you're a teacher because i was a teacher for about four or five years and you do get you get into a template yeah like situation so you're, you're teaching by a template if like and i found when when i i got into that i was like no i've got to get out and work more because i was i was doing like a dj technology course yeah so I, i'd get out and dj more and it totally changed my 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 style of teaching and the knowledge i could pass on to some of these kids that actually wanted to learn djing at the time yeah yeah and it, it does it makes a whole world of difference and it yeah, does and i have to agree swindon is a bit of a hole <laughs> it's, it's um the college was fantastic and the plate people were fantastic um, but traveling there every day was God awful. Yeah, I was gonna and say. then when I arrived nine times out of 10, it was just gray and rainy and just pretty grim basically, yeah. which most of the time in the UK, that's pretty much sums it up. Yes, it does. It does. I spent, yeah. um, a bit of time in Swindon myself, like my uncle lives there. Um, but he, um, it was mainly, I used to play hockey and at the Oasis 
which is yeah. like the big sports center there. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, many many a Sunday I was there. Oh, dear That's me. the only real knowledge of Swindon I have, although I did play a gig there once. And, Just the once. And I can't remember what the venue was. Never called. again. No. I remember did who, it take a bit of your soul? It may have. It may have. I was. We were playing with uh, No Consequence at a show. Okay. Yeah. Um, who are another local band to, to you now. Not local to me anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, we played this show and I can't remember the name of the venue, but it was a I remember it being a pain to park for and you know, just one of them, one of them shows that I just remembered it was in Swindon. Yeah. So. That's, it. that's it. But of course, name alone, yes. no, no, no great stories to tell. No, 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 no. There you go. So, um, from that, uh, you're now, uh, are you still in your, or your, your day to day job or whatever you want to call it? I am it? because I am because, um, I've, I've always been freelance with it. When you're freelance, you tend to, you pick up jobs from people that obviously come across your advertising, yeah. come across your websites and stuff, companies, organizations, whoever it is that wants to commission me. And generally as an illustrator, unless you work for a games company or um, a book company um, or an animation studio, being a freelance illustrator, it's not, it's not an everyday job. Yeah. So um, I do something that's very close to my heart as well. Um, okay. I work in a special needs school. I always sort of knew that I wanted to work in schools somehow yeah. ever since I probably was in secondary school. Um, and yeah, just over the last sort of, I'd say, ooh, last 10 years, I've, I've gained experience. I gained experience at different schools. Um, and then I, I applied for the job that I'm in now. And um, incredible. I've been in it four years. I've learned tons and tons of stuff. There's There's so much that you can offer kids with special needs you can open up their world massively yeah, yeah. Um, and there's so much that you can learn from them as well with how they could communicate that's like the main thing we do is learn it learn how to communicate with them yeah. um but i've been lucky enough as well to do my artwork with them so oh, that's really um, cool. during during sort of school break um i get to do a lot of workshops with organizations and companies and i do lots of workshops with i've worked with as young as five up to as old as 85 and I've kind of worked with all the different ages in between and all the different kinds of backgrounds. So um, kids or, or young adults or adults with behavioral issues, special needs. Um, and it's, um, it's an incredible, incredible communication tool. Yes. And it's very, very, very underused, very underused in this country. Mm. Um, I don't really know about anywhere else, but I try to focus quite hard on that. And I really enjoy my workshop, yeah. my workshops that I run for companies um because mainly i enjoy it to um the kids or whoever i'm doing the workshops with really get something out of it and three in terms of my freelance work as as as, as work and as a job mm. it's um it's the best kind of work i can get um and then i just get little commissions to sort of drip drip in here and there from people that kind of randomly come across my stuff or if i've um done quite a bit of advertising then uh people will sort of um get hold of me and i'm about to go to um a big comic convention here in the uk yeah it'll be nothing it'll be it won't be a patch <laughs> on anything over in the states um but it's called the london super comic con oh yeah um and it's probably not even a quarter of the size of like um you know san diego comic con or something so wow. Yeah, that, I mean that, that's the big one to call, kind of oh, compare yeah. it to. Oh, I mean, we've yeah. got we've got a couple here in Tampa that I've been to. Um, the main one, which is the Tampa Bay Comic Con, uh, yeah. which is about 
the size of like Earl's Court, I think, oh in size. God. But it's mainly vendors, and then you have a <sighs> bunch of like. I was quite fortunate. I met someone who I've always wanted to meet last time I was there. Nice, um, nice. and that was um, Neil Adams. Yeah, oh, Neil Adams. Yeah, yeah. nice man. Nice. Yeah. And I got him to sign one of my comic books oh. and everything. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the previous year, I got to meet Bob Camp, who is one oh, of wow. the co-creators of Ren and Stimpy, and oh wow, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, That's kind of a that would kind of be a bit of a dream for me. Yeah. Um, um, I had the I, opportunity to meet him again last year as well, oh, but I couldn't make it. Uh, my local comic book store had him in for Halloween. Jammy, jammy. And, uh, I missed it, but um, he's he was such a nice guy. He had all the time in the world to talk. Brilliant. And that was the great thing about meeting these these people. Um, well, that's that's something because I mean I've done a few shows myself as well. I've had I've had a table a couple of times at yeah. um, conventions because they offer conventions here as well as I think in the states they offer something called um, Artist Alley. Yes, and it's it's just lots of local or or not local artists that, that they get themselves a table and they showcase their work all weekend and they pretty much your head's down pretty much most of the weekend. Yeah, um, and you're just drawing like crazy and then you occasionally bob your head up for air and sort of chat to people yeah um but i'm going to one um just for fun which is kind of a rarity um and i've got a good friend there good cartoonist friend called mr hope who um i've got to know over the last x amount of months have become quite good friends and uh, i commissioned him to do a piece for my little boys room oh um, and um, he's going to be there but also a pretty big artist called humberto ramos who he's very much a Marvel boy now. He does lots of um, lots and lots of Spider-Man. But back in the day, and some of your listeners might know these titles, like Crimson um, and Out There. And I'm reading one of his books at the moment called Revelations, which is a bit like Da Vinci Code, nice. but better. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be there, so he's quite a big name. That, so Yeah, I've got... Um... A signed copy of the Amazing Spider-Man one he did last year. Oh, nice! Um, amongst my collection, he he came. He actually came to our local, um, my local comic store. Oh my god! And signed the first issue of that particular run of because they get a lot of the touring <laughs> artists because we've got a yeah. lot of still in the state. Was quite nice. Is what it's the equivalent of like a you know an independent record store. There's a lot right. of independent comic book stores. We've there's like three or four in Tampa that I know of. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. I know. I know. I apologize. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fair. But they've had, yeah, like I said, they had him come in um, uh, last year when he was when that comic was released. Um, and yeah, he, I mean, he was a nice guy. He was mainly heads down signing everything. But you yeah. Know, um, yeah, you get that. Yeah. But and uh, I know the Artist Alley area as well of, of yeah. the Comic Cons I've been to. Um, it's something yeah. I've really got into over the last couple of years is just it's just I will go to conventions now almost just to go to the artist alley and meet new artists and chat to them and we talk about you know the different techniques that we both sort of do um and then I'll pick up the occasional bit of artwork they have limited prints for sale and um I'll just sort of gather them and collect them and collect them and then every now and then I'll I'll put a couple in um frames and um my little boy's already got quite a few in his room he's got um a gorgeous A3 labyrinth picture oh really um this was obviously before the incredible david bowie passed away yes um and um it's a gorgeous piece of artwork i kind of want to fill my son's room with lots of incredible artwork so he can kind of grow up and understand and appreciate yeah. you know what goes into it and how it's made and and just really adore it for what it is um and then i got a lovely one of it's all of the 80s 
cartoon heroes in one picture. Oh yeah, um, and that's just phenomenal for for, for an eighties boy like me. It's, it was incredible. Um, but yeah, my main thing is to go and see Humberto Ramos, and I've never I've never queued to meet anybody at a comic convention before, whether it be <laughs> artist or movie star or TV star. Yeah. Um, because I've kind of thought if I can see them from afar, I'm happy with that. You know, I yeah. feel, I don't feel the need to sort of go and meet them and bug them. But Humberto Ramos has always been one of my sort of comic idols yeah. and his style helped drive me with a bit of my work. Um, so I would love to just say hello to him, chat to him a little bit about his artwork yeah. and uh, maybe get a comic signed and I'll be happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll get the opportunity to do that as well. I mean, I, I don't know what the Comic-Con situations are like in, <laughs> in the UK these days. I mean, the last one I went to was uh, Collector Mania in Birmingham. Oh, the NEC, that, that, that's getting, that was, wasn't going down a very nice path a okay. few years ago. Yeah. And now it's just starting to kind of revive itself a bit. Okay. But the one I'm going to is it is the biggest one um, in London. So not really much of a trip. Um, but yeah, it'll be good. So with your influences, you uh, you mentioned Humberto Ramos. Um, yeah. Anyone else on like, uh, obviously from the past to start with, and we'll work on Ooh, current yeah. ones now. So, um, Well, uh, we got, you got John Remitter Jr., who's pretty big and his dad um was was massive in the comic industry and John Romita Jr's um incredible he's got a really unique style um did heavy heavy work on Spider-Man who else we got um I can never pronounce his second name but I think it's Joe Joe Madrera okay um and he's pretty big in the X-Men world and he's got a lovely sort of really um blocky flat bold line sort of style really energetic which yeah. I love um Cool. And actually one of probably my, my biggest, my biggest and most favorite comic book artist I'd have to say would be Greg Capallo. Okay, cool. And he, he's done a lot of work in the music industry as well as comics. Mm -hmm. Um, he did a lot of work for the crystal method. Yes. Yeah. And, um, he's most known for, he did a, a very, very long run on spawn. Okay. Cool. He, 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 yeah, he did the covers and the inside artwork for Spawn with Todd McFarlane for many, 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 many years, and he finally stopped at about issue a hundred, and now it's been being done by all sorts of various artists. Um, and who else? I sort of, um, I sort of listened to, I sort of like um, lots of um, sort of independent cartoonists. Yep. Um, my favorite is called Joe Matt, okay. who he's kind of a, a self-taught autobiographical cartoonist. He just writes and draws about his life, but it's hilarious. Cool. Um, he does too much of, um, too much of an onanism activity in his, uh, in his room too much <laughs> and is quite happy to write and draw about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it kind of gets in the way of relationships with women, but He's he's hooked and obsessed with adult videos. So um yeah. yeah, he's always funny to read and his artwork's gorgeous. Um who else? I'm actually just looking at my collection down here. Um They're they're some of the main ones really off the top of my head. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, there's absolutely hundreds I could I could go through. Yeah. 
Um, but they're probably the main ones. Well, they're the ones you can think of that stick in your head. Oh, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Time, so. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm from uh, your artistic um, inspirations. Is there any, any, anything else, anyone else that inspires you away from the art, um, away from drawing, yes. away from... Oh, yes. I wondered that. when you were going to ask. Yeah, go um, <laughs> Yeah. Music. Music is huge. It's a, it's a huge, huge, huge um, influence and tool for me as um, an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um different different kinds of genres of music can kind of drive me to draw different pictures um and a lot of the kind of music i listen to these days um i mean i'm all i'll always be metal at the core um, <laughs> but i listen to such obscure stuff these days i mean i'm a big mike Patton fan yeah so i love Phantomass. um uh a lot, a lot of his side projects. I just bought his new one the other day, Nevermen. Oh, yeah. That's um, very, very good. It's a bit odd to describe, but it's quite electronic-y, soul-y, kind of um, instrumentally. Yeah. Um, instrumentals probably what I like listening to the most. Um, I'm not really, when I'm drawing, I love listening to music that's got no vocals. Um, so one of my favorite bands is um, Explosions in the Sky. Yeah which is a, a lovely instrumental four-piece from Texas. They're really good. Um, but I've got to say probably the biggest musician that has the most influence music-wise and with my artwork is Mr. Devin Townsend. Cool. Um, obviously of Strapping Young Lad fame. Yep. Um, but he's probably more – he's probably kind of he's – built, he's built himself up to this um, – a stage now where people sort of know him seem to know him more for his newer stuff now than his old stuff for strapping. So, um, his new stuff's really good. His, um, Devin Townsend project sort of experimental first four records that he brought out were, um, phenomenal. Um, all different styles. Um, and then he kind of went on with it. Um, but he he released an album last year called Casualties of Cool. Yeah. And um, it's a really kind of dark, atmospheric, bluesy country album. And I was lucky enough to go and see it perform live. He performed in London at the Union Chapel. Um, oh, nice. And it was an incredible venue for an, a gig like that. Yeah. And um, that's an album that I'm listening to a lot these days. That's really That's really driving me with a lot of my work. Um, and then I'll listen to, I'm a big electronic fan as well. I like bands like, um, fuck buttons. Yeah. Um, there's DJ Scott Jag. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, next life. Oh, too many to mention, too many to mention. And then <laughs> I'll go even obscure with, um, uh, some artists here in the UK, um, artists called kid carpet. Oh yes, yeah, I've heard. And of he him. makes yeah. lots of music with kids' toys, and I've been lucky enough to do a little bit of work for him, and I've met him a couple of times. Oh, that's really cool. And <laughs> another guy, which I don't know if you've ever come across, um, called Mister B, the Gentleman Rhymer. Oh yes, yes, I have I've heard been, of. I've yeah. been lucky enough to meet him, um, and I almost was going to do a regular monthly online comic book um, about the adventures of Mister B, but it never happened. Oh. So. Yeah, too many other things going on. But for anybody that's never heard Mr. B, um, he's a posh uh, a posh English rapper. 
who dresses in tweed and wears a cricket hat and has a very nice waxed moustache and plays a banjolele. <laughs> um, and he just does posh English versions of classic um, hip hop. Yes. So, and then tweaks it a little bit and adds his own little words and stuff. And it's, um, it's hilarious to say the least. Yeah. Straight out of Surrey comes to mind. S- have you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my favorite track is um, Smoke My Pipe. Nice. That is um, rather good. And he kind of, he's created this genre of music called chap hop. And um, he seems to be doing quite well. Ah. And when I spoke to him, he said he started off in a very well-known UK hip hop band, but he never told me which one. And he said he wanted to kind of break off and do his own thing. And then that's when he kind of thought, well, I come from Surrey and I've got quite a, quite a posh accent. Yes. So um, I feel like I could do something with this. So uh, yeah, he decided to do this posh hip hop gig and it's doing him quite well. Ah, I'm going to have to but find out where he was from. He's um, from <laughs> Cheem. From Cheem. Cheem. Okay, I know Cheem. Which, which he says is not as posh as um, it, it is not as posh as it, people make it out to be. Mm. Um, but he said it was it was posh enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, but Devin Townsend, yeah, back to Devin Townsend. I've been lucky enough to do bits and pieces of artwork for him since about 2005. All right, cool. And I was lucky enough. I sort of sent some artwork to him just randomly, um, obviously from a fan point of view. And um, he asked if he could use it as a um, season's greetings card. And it was turned into a greetings card and it was sort of sent to lots of other sort of music industries and family and friends and fans. Um, And the lovely thing was, it was, that was, I know it doesn't seem that long ago, but 2005, I didn't use email. Um, So, I sent everything by post yeah. and I received um, copies of the, the greetings card and I got one from each member of the band with a little message on it. Um, and then ever since then, they sort of mentioned that they wanted to stay in contact and see if we could do various sort of projects and pictures. And the last time I think I heard from them was about 2009 um, when Devin was just about to relaunch his career. And um, they said they wanted to use my work as some sort of downloadable wallpaper for the website, but that never happened as well. Okay. Um, but generally, I've been in contact with them and been nice enough to receive some nice letters from um, Devin and his wife and from his sort of um, PR people, etc. But um, yeah, which is really nice to sort of receive confirmation from people sort of that personally, especially like letters being sent in the post. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. It was quite quite a thing for me. It's it's a good feeling. Yeah, especially from one of your like um yeah. heroes, if you will. Um, he is. You know, he is. He's, he's so versatile. Yeah. He's, he's really versatile. Um I'm 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 an honest fan though, because you, you, you sort of got fans and then you've got fans. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just a fan, you know, I like I love I love his music, but I don't like I don't enjoy everything he brings out. No. I'm very honest with um, some bits and pieces of his that I don't like, including um, there's one strapping album that I'm not really too keen on. Um, actually, probably two. Uh, the third album, the self-titled, and the last album they did, The New Black. Um, in my opinion, City and Alien are his crowning achievements with strapping. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, all of the Devon Townsend Project stuff. 
apart from the first four records, a lot of the other ones he's brought out, I've not been so keen on, but Casualties of Cool, like I mentioned, was probably, I think, the best thing he's done since he released the first four Devon Townsend Project albums. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm just excited to see what he brings out next. I've, I've sort of heard that he's going to do, um, he's going to conduct his own orchestra. Oh, I read that, yeah. And that looks interesting. Bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's going to do a, a bass a bass driven apocalyptic album okay. um because he's a big fan of the bass but doesn't really get much chance to play it yeah um but he sort of says that he wants to end up just kind of being a bass player in a band and not have too much responsibility okay um but we'll see how he goes because he's um got another devon townsend project album coming out yeah um but yeah he's ju- he's just very prolific he just he's always writing and some things he kind of doesn't use and then there's a lot of material that he'll kind of go back to and listen to and think yeah i can do something with that so his music essentially drives me with my artwork cool that's really awesome and like i said having to meet someone not having to meet someone but actually meeting someone like that and speaking to them and then being more on the level of a contemporary than being someone who knows that they're they have fans if that makes sense and not abuses that fact but you know knows that they're they're at the top of the the pyramid and everyone's looking up and ah, you know and it's nice when they come down and they speak on that level because they do say never meet your heroes but you know occasionally (laughs) well i i had the chance i have i've had the chance one or twice to actually meet him um but for one reason or another it didn't happen yeah um and i don't actually think that's such a bad thing and I don't, I don't know now if I got the chance to meet him. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go for it, but I have a, a very good friend who's good friends with him and says he is the most down-to-earth person. Um, he's very honest about his career and about what he does, and he knows that, you know, he wouldn't be here unless um, people listened to his stuff and yeah. kind of supported him. And it was something I was going to mention as well about um, how artwork and music is connected. Um Again, I'm not a technological person and I'm I'm not one for downloading. Um, I still like to buy CDs yeah. um, because of the illustration point of view, like all the work that goes into the artwork that goes into a CD. Um, I just think to myself, it's like a comic book. Five people spend, you know, they, they spend a lot of their time making this comic book. So that's a reason to buy it because they've spent a lot of time making this piece of art. Yeah, and it's the same with buying a physical CD as well as the music itself, which is incredible. Um, I buy it for the packaging, and I buy it for the artwork in the sleeve mm. and the photography because that all helps build the 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 image of what you're about to hear. Yeah, so that's important to me. So I I, I will always buy CDs, but that's not to say that I don't mind people giving me stuff for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> people, if people send me things, I'm quite happy to to download what they've sent me. Um, but I'm not one that kind of goes searching on on sites and, and, and using different kinds of forms of ways of downloading and stuff. Yeah. So I love love to buy CDs. Yeah, no, because you do lose that with, without the physical part. I think that's with the, the rise of vinyl again. Um, yes. Because you are getting that large format print in it. And like you say, you yeah. open up the gatefold, and oh. it, it does. The artwork tells the story of the album. It does. You know, in, it does. in as much as, like, it, it could be in, like you say, a comic book form, or it's yeah. just the image that it, that that is portrayed on there, and and you listen to the music and you know how that's worked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. It, it brings me back to um, 
when I released, uh, I was part of my band and released our first album. Yeah. It's got this story that runs through it, like an actual, like, you know, fairy tale story that we wrote. Yeah. And I always wanted it to be done in comic book form. <laughs> oh, nice. It, it never happened, unfortunately, because we didn't have enough money at the time. And it was like for extra pages in the booklet, it was a stupid amount of money. I was actually in a situation like that once before with a band, which I think you may know and remember, yeah. um, Bohica. Oh, yes. The Bohica Boys. Yes, I remember those Beach. guys. I'm still in contact with two of them because they work for an apps company. Okay, I, I'm in contact they, with one of them. <laughs> and, yeah. and my sister was their press agent. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, well, the, there's two of them that, that kind of work in this apps company, which yeah. they formed, um, and they've they've used me for a few. Um, they've commissioned me to do a few uh, illustrations for some apps and stuff. But cool. back in the day when they are in Bohica, they got me to go around their sort of headquarters, so one of their houses, um, <laughs> and they were sort of sat there signing all their their new copies of their album and posters and mm. looking over the new music music video that they just had the rough cut from and everything. And we came up with a really cool concept for um, uh, a comic strip booklet that kind of told us like a story of this this traveling band and when they're gigging and things like that. But um, it didn't happen for whatever reason mm-hmm. um it was either one or or more of them didn't sort of think that it was the way to go but then one of them contacted me afterwards and asked me to do some artwork of himself as a zombie being um chained up by his wife um <laughs> which was a nice commission to do cool <laughs> um and i've been doing sort of bits and pieces for him ever since actually um yeah so it's strange how things turn out people as an illustrator, people that you've done stuff for in the past um, do come back and find you and they think, oh, yeah, that, that kind of style is going to fit somewhere for what I need right now at this moment. Yeah. But then obviously there's lots of other times in life where it's just not going to fit in. But it, it's, um, it's nice and it's exciting when that, that, those moments happen. Yeah. No, it's the same. Like We were talking before I started recording this, what I was saying before about what I was doing years ago uh, in being like having my own fanzine and coming back to doing this podcast format and how about how I went back to find these artists much like you had with yours uh, with Bahika, they came back and they found you. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of doing the same thing with this and I'm going back and seeing, you know, who's still around, who's still doing what and, and if they want to chat, you know, no. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it, it works in, I think most creative industries, like like yours in in yeah. artwork and and mine in music uh it does come back around and especially if you look for it because you do remember the people that helped you you, you know? do yeah. and there's, yeah. there's there's still a few people i'm trying to get hold of you know to just chat about if they're still in music i know some of them quit music and probably don't want anything to do with it yeah but at the same time there are people that that helped me at some point um or they gave me an idea that i kind of kept and then not executed until yeah many years later um but yeah no that's really cool i mean it's i, I haven't heard the name bahika in a while but i i still <laughs> stay in contact with um what eng he's on my yeah yeah he, yeah he's on my uh facebook list yeah um and yeah my sister was their um pr officer for it's a, it's a small world yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's a small world and in, in in the world of in the world of like music connected with um, art and illustration it, it can be even smaller yeah and you just you just don't realize it you don't realize how 
how small it is. Um, but it is, those, those moments are lovely when somebody just calls you up from the past and says, oh, yeah, I remember that um, that cover you did for our, our EP or our album, you know, and we are still going and we're kind of celebrating the fact that we've been going for, you know, I don't know, five, ten years. Yeah. And um, we'd really like to do kind of like a, a celebration piece and have your artwork involved somewhere and see if your style's changed and could you do anything sort of new and different for our sound, which has kind of changed as well. And it's lovely when you strike up those relationships with with um, musicians or bands that you do artwork for because your artwork essentially grows along with their music changing. Yes. And um, it's it's great. It's, it's, a, it's a very close symbiotic relationship that a lot of people sometimes don't realize. No. Um, I, and it's, it's, I don't get very many commissions for stuff like that um, these days, to be honest. Um, I, 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 I'm, all, I'm, I'm always up for doing um, like artwork for merchandise or yeah. EPs or albums or posters even. Um, but most of the time it's, it's just actual people from the bands themselves that want a bit of personal artwork for themselves or for a friend or for family. Yeah. And then through doing that, they think to themselves, I really love the piece you did for, you know, my friend or my family or whatever. And, um, you know, I really love the style and I'm thinking that it could really suit, um, really suit our next album or EP or poster or on our t-shirts, etc. So in one way or another, things do sort of come full circle. Um, I've got a couple of like random questions. Oh, uh, well, on, one one isn't random one's one's a kind of uh you know one to think on one to think on well nice. kind of kind of um it's basically uh advice for artists today oh. like someone's just coming out of school oh. college university you know the, the the world is in the palm of their hand and we're not talking nice. about their phone which nice. <laughs> talking about nice. their life instead okay. um, but yeah any any advice you could pass on anything that's Ooh. been insanely valuable to you that you would uh... yes yes definitely i think i think the main thing i would say is believe in what you do believe in what you do value yourself never never undervalue what you can do because in a in a in a world now that's so technologically driven um being able to do anything by hand is there is still a need for it because what a lot of people don't realize is everything that we love in life, whether it be phones or cars or buildings or whatever would have started as a drawing on the back of a napkin probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so illustration is always valued. Companies always need it, whether it be in the movie industry, animation, games, things always start off as pictures. And that's probably that's probably, I think I've probably come up with a pretty good quote, actually, that I'll use for myself in the future. <laughs> um, things always start as pictures. So, yeah, just believe in what you do. Don't undervalue what you do. There's somebody out there that will like your work. And when that one person does find your work and commissions you, everything just snowballs from there. Um, advertise like crazy. Do every kind of social media thing you can do. Talk to everybody. Talk to people face to face. As an illustrator, go to companies, talk to them face to face because you can get a better understanding of what they really want and what they need because um, sometimes things don't come across well on email or phone. So, yeah, I think that's 
Cool. Yeah, and use use everything you can around you as well. Use local companies, use local local printers, um, and just soak up as much knowledge from any other artists that you know, whether they just whether they're your friends. Um, you know, I don't really think there's such a thing as really professional um, illustration and art and stuff because it's it's such a broad medium. Um, and yeah, I think that would be it actually. Okay. that'll be it yeah cool, cool. um as my podcast is mainly centered around music we've talked about uh your favorite artists but let's let's, let's bring it down to three albums oh right, three albums that 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 make you you make me me that's a really good one that is a really really good one okay those albums would be terrier by devin townsend in his in his um sort of solo career very very emotional emotional opera style um cinematic music gorgeous album that's definitely one um ooh, what would the next one be oh this is that's actually quite hard <laughs> the next one would probably be phantomas delirium cordia that's a great album which oh man um i put that on in a pub once uh-huh on an internet jukebox and they turned it off. <laughs> I was surprised it was on I, there. <laughs> they said I was, I was abusing their pound for a song um, <laughs> limit because obviously it's only one song that's 75 minutes long. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of taking the mickey, but Still, at the same time, I wanted to see how far I could go. You got value and for money. I think it lasted for about 20 minutes before they sort of questioned, they came and found me uh-huh. and asked me, when is the song going to end? And I said, well, it's been on for 20 minutes. So you've got quite about 40 more minutes, something like that, 30, 40 more minutes. And they were like, yeah, we're going to turn it off. So, <laughs> um, but that is an incredible atmospheric, it is um, scary, dark album. And that tends to sum up a lot of my, a lot of my more dark, humid work yeah i saw um, phantomus live once as well which was, oh, i've seen them a couple of times they're incredible it's an absolute crazy show i saw them at the la2 or london astoria ooh, 2 ooh. for those who yeah who who know the venue uh it's not yeah. quite the london astoria it's just right of it and down underground yeah <laughs> but yeah i was at that show and uh that was crazy it was just oh, just yeah. just watching them work because it was like <laughs> it, yeah it was crazy yeah, but it was definitely. fantastic. It was fantastic at the same time. Definitely, um, a third album. Yeah. Oh my word! This is this is really hard now. I actually have some CDs in front of me, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at them. Hopefully, trying to pluck something out of nowhere. Um, no, <laughs> actually, um, explosions in the sky. Who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, which album? Which album? Their albums kind of have sentence titles. Okay. So they're quite long. They're a bit artsy fartsy. Um, but I can't actually pick the album. It's just one of the explosions in the sky. Okay. Is that, is that going to be any good to you? That's fine. How many albums do they have? Oh, wow. They've got, I think they've got their sixth or seventh one coming out. All right. So there's quite quite a few to pick from, but they're all like long names. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, that's fine. Let's go with that. If you can't remember it, then, (laughs) but you know, it's one of them. It is one of them. It is one of them. All their stuff is fantastic. Put it put it that way. All of their stuff is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I love it all, but I think there probably is one album that kind of sticks out more than the others. But at the moment, it's not coming to mind. <laughs> no worries at all. 
Damn you for putting me on the spot. No, it's all right. It's all right. So away from away from your art. Yeah. Away from the music. Yeah. What what do you do? What what is there that you do to if you need to get away from it? If you want to take a break from it, like a mental yeah. break. Get away from get away from drawing. That's a really that's actually a really hard question because what? I've I've always drawn and it's it's the one one of the main things in life that kind of calms me it's it's kind of a therapy okay um so to get away from it i think if i'm working on a commission that i haven't really got a lot of stock in if i haven't got a lot of drive to do it other than the fact that i'm being paid to do it um <laughs> how do i get away from it um it's got to be movies i'm a massive massive movie buff yeah huge movie buff so i'll just put the pencil down uh, step away from the drawing board and just put a film on or like one of my favorites of whatever genre. Yeah. Um, I, I'm an eighties boy and eighties movies really, really, really to me is one of the best decades of films. Um, and it kind of drives me a lot with my work again. You see, mm-hmm. I can't escape. I can't escape my work. You can't, but I can't. give me, give me some of your favorite movies. Give me a, Give me a top. Oh. Give me a top five. Is that going to be? It's quite strange, actually, because I've been talking about those just recently. Um, my favourite all-time film ever, and this is in childhood and in adulthood, is a film called Explorers. Oh, I love that film. That is my it all-time is... favourite film. I found it on Netflix the other day. I know. And I sat I down and I watched the shit out of it. It's <laughs> incredible. If you think, like, growing up now as an adult, you think about what was involved. You had Industrial Light and Magic special effects. Yeah. Um, Jerry Goldsmith, who is my favorite movie music composer. Um, the music in that film is so good. It yeah. just, it, that sums up my childhood, that music. Um, that's my all-time favorite film. And Mr. Hope, who I mentioned earlier, who I'm going to be meeting at the comic convention. Yes. He, I commissioned him to do an Explorers cartoon piece for my son's bedroom. Oh, nice. And it is, he's giving me some sneak peeks and it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, You're going to keep it for yourself, yeah. <laughs> I, keep, I keep telling myself it's my, my, my son's room, but then I, I know really, not even deep down, it's right there at the <laughs> forefront. You know, it's for me. Yeah. Um, so that's my all-time number one. Then probably coming up close second is Return to Oz. Oh, another good one. Which you watch that now, and it is one seriously dark film. It is. It is. It is one of those like I, my my, <laughs> wife, my wife's scared of it. Put it that way. There are some elements in that that she freaks yeah. the hell out of her. But I remember yeah. watching that and thinking, "This isn't Wizard of Oz." No, <laughs> it's that. It's that using the phrase "we are we are not in Kansas anymore." Yeah, we're we're not in Oz either. No, we're not in this like little wonderful era with the high pitched voices and the and the oh. poppy fields and the you know the no. cowardly line. You've no, got no, no. really scary, dark wind up toys guys yeah. with with wheels for hands and legs. Wheelers, yeah. I think they were called the wheelers. Yeah, yeah. scary stuff. That, scary stuff. It's like watching. Uh, what was I watching the other day? There was this scene in the new Mad Max movie. Oh, incredible film. Incredible film. But you know that, that scene where they go through the bog? Yes. And it's yeah. the guys on stilts? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that just reminded me of the wheelers. I was like, did, oh, they, yeah. did they go to yeah. Oz? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The film starts off with Dorothy having electric shock therapy. Yeah. Which you don't think about it as a kid. No. And then you grow up and you realize what it is she's having done. And you just think to yourself, oh, my God. Yeah. This is so far from Wizard of Oz. 
and it's never um, mentioned in the Oz like like <laughs> mythology. You've got the new I, one, you've got the great and powerful, which is it's as colourful and as you know character wise exactly yeah pretty much yeah. the same it does have some dark moments but it's hollywood dark kind of thing yeah but that yeah. film was just it was it was kind of long you know like um the films of the time um never ending story oh yeah labyrinth and things like that yeah. they yeah. always had those dark they're kids movies but they had these dark you know undertones yeah oh, you, watch, you watch it when you're older and it just resonates more oh definitely you know? definitely and it's, it's one of those things that if if you didn't grow up watching it and if you watch it now, you can't quite understand it as well yeah. as if you saw it when you were a child growing up. You know, like when, when I was a kid, all the all those kind of films were on at Christmas. So like Labyrinth, yeah. Goonies, um, Dark Crystal. Um, and they're always you know, associated which, as Christmas films for me as well. Yeah, they like are. Any they other are. time of the year, it's yeah. like, um, <laughs> no, it's Christmas movie. It's like Star Wars to me is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right because yeah. they were always they were always on telly at Christmas when we were kids. Um, but obviously, it's all changed now. Yes. But then occasionally they bring the odd one back and they show it. I mean, um, I'm trying to think what number three film would be for me. Um, let's go with the comedy genre. My favourite comedy has probably got to be Clerks. Oh yes, um, I'm, a big, <laughs> Another one. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I I love most of his films, but Clerks is the one that always hits home with me the most. Yeah. Having sort of grown up and done lots of um, shop jobs. Yes. Um, so you kind of understand a lot of the jokes. Yeah. Um, and I loved Clerks too. I, th- I think they were, they were on a par with each other. They were just as good as each other. Um, so Clerks is probably in the comedy category. That's really uh, cool. Cause that's one of, that's actually up there as one of my f- favorite films of all time as well brilliant yeah um, well done. i remember well done. yeah i remember seeing it uh, i used to work in a video store so you see the connection here nice. <laughs> um, but um no i remember watching it randomly i just saw it it was one of those things you just pick up yeah I hadn't, like, i'd read i used to read like empire and stuff and they mentioned it in a little bit but anyway i picked up watched it and it's black and white movies so you think what the? but then you listen to the it's the dialogue that draws you in the conversations yeah. these guys yeah. are having are the conversations you do have yeah especially when you're in that kind of monotone job yeah you yeah, know yeah. you get all these characters that come in occasionally but you've got to fill the rest of the time in you know and let's face it randall is one of the best characters ever made he he is the voice he is the voice of humanity's hatred yes he is he he just sums things up so perfectly bluntly and so wonderfully disgustingly at times he's just you can't get enough of him can't get enough of him and I cannot wait for the third film. Cannot yeah. wait. Yeah, he keeps delaying um, it. He's making these uh, the Canadian yeah. trilogy at the moment. So yeah, yeah. Um, have, you, actually, have you have you seen those yet? Any of those? The, I've have you seen Tusk? I've seen bits of Tusk. Okay. We haven't had yoga hoses here yet. No, that's just been through the, one of the festivals here. So we haven't we haven't got it yet. So um, and what's the other one? He's doing like a. Um, a moose version of Jaws. Yeah, Moose Jaws. <laughs> Is it called Moose Jaws? Yeah, it's called Moose Jaws. I didn't know that was the title. That's, that's um, wonderfully simple, but incredibly effective. Yeah. Oh my God, I can and just see got, the poster now. Yeah, I can see it. He's got Morats um, 2 filming in the summer. That's it. It's called Morbrats. Yeah, something, I think something along those lines. And then Clerks yeah. 3 after that, I believe. So. Um, and I was a big fan of the Clerks cartoon. Oh, I love that as well. It's a cartoon. Chris Chris Bailey, who's yes. a big 
big name in the animation world who did primarily lots of stuff for Disney. Yeah. Um, um, his style for that was just, oh, it, it was, was just gorgeous. It was, it was bang on. It was, it was perfect. But in true classic style with a lot of um, TV series, it got cancelled. It did before it didn't show in sequence and <laughs> no, it was like no. three episodes aired. Yeah. Um, but there is talk of him doing it again. Oh, right. I know he was going to do an animated movie called Sellout. Clerk's Sellout. Oh, he may be. Did you say they, they did do, uh, what was it? Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. I, I wasn't so keen on that. Not necessarily the animation style. Cause I thought the animation style was quite, quite good it was quite yeah. unique it was quite different i think it was just um i think it was the blunt man and chronic thing which i was never so so keen on yeah i mean i i was fortunate enough to see it um i went to go see one of their live podcasts um oh wow i went to see the jam silent bob get old podcast oh, they came yes. to st petersburg which is the sort of city town next to tampa yeah. and um they played the movie afterwards oh fantastic but you're right the story on it is a bit it's a bit much to take in Exactly. I mean, it, it, like the animation's great. I don't think it's as good as the Clerks animated series. I no. wish it was done in that style, but no. obviously, there's it's the money factor at that point. You know, you get yeah. that guy oh, back yeah. in, and he's yeah. going to cost you probably twenty times more than the guy they had. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, as is the world no. and music co- come together, oh, yeah. you always find no. someone that could do it cheaper. For you. <laughs> I collected the um, I collected quite a few of the animated figures. Oh yeah as well that they were called in action figures because yes. they didn't do anything i have three um, of them in front of me on my desk fantastic i've I, got a couple in front i've got um dante randall and jay and bob from dogma i've got dante and randall yeah and i've got uh brody oh brody yes i used to have brody i used to have um the gold goth and the shit demon uh-huh. <laughs> um and i had loki nice. uh, one of the angels um i i kind of handpicked the ones I really liked because there was a lot of them that kind of looked too similar and I wasn't really into, I wasn't digging them. So I just got the ones that I really, really wanted. Um, wow, we went off on a bit of a tangent there. No, that's all right. It's all wow. good. It's, it's... Where do we get to with the movies? We got to... Uh, Clerks, um, number three. three. Yes, Clerks was your number three because in the comedy category. Number three. Okay, sci-fi. Sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi. Um, I love The Fifth Element. Fantastic movie again. Fifth Element is very, very cool. Yes. Um, it's kind of on a par with Blade Runner for me. Yeah. Fifth Element and Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, would, when they sort of know that what I do and what I collect and stuff, they kind of instantly think that I'm going to love Star Wars. <laughs> I like Star Wars. Yeah. I don't have the massive kind of adoring love for it like a lot of people do. Yeah. I understand why they do. Yeah. And it is a really, really good bunch of movies apart from one two and three um but um yeah it is it is an important film george lucas did a lot for the industry you know for the for the genre with it yeah um but then i love films like the time machine yep um and sort of older films like that and warlords of atlantis lots of doug mcclure films and things like that um but i'd probably say fifth elements the one that always sticks at the forefront of my mind was sci-fi yeah, it's a great movie. My kids love that movie as well. Brilliant. Yeah, well done. Um, they were, um, Luke Besson was always going to make a second one of that because he only did half of the script. Ah. So it was going to actually carry on with the dark entity, Mr. Shadow, wasn't actually killed. Yeah. He escaped from the planet before it was frozen and he comes down to Earth and causes havoc. Um, but they never made that and I don't think they could actually make it now. It wouldn't work. 
Yeah, well, everyone's still alive. Just I know, but they look drastically <laughs> older. That's true. That's but true. you could oh, do that, some. So that Mila, Mila jo- Jovic doesn't look too much older. <laughs> no, she, she tends to look kind of fifteen all the time. No, because she's doing the uh, the last in the long line last. of Resident Evil movies. Indeed, yes. What that? So, what's that one called? I have no idea. <laughs> off the top of my head Resident Evil time to finish now yeah Resident something. Evil Walking Dead kind of took us over yeah uh, well, <laughs> let, let's go out let's go out with a bang yeah um, and thanks for watching yeah maybe that's what they should call it Resident Evil thanks for watching yeah maybe because or, there's people that have been hanging on for, for them all the time or they'll do what they do with every other movie at the moment and turn it into a universe so exactly the Resident Evil universe that, which wouldn't be too bad no, but you could encompass a lot of uh, a lot of people in there, a lot of like definitely, films and TV definitely. shows. So and just link them in some obscure way. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Where, where where are we up to now? Four. We are on uh, four. Was your four. was fifth element? Okay, so, so number five. We need to hit the horror genre. Go for it. Um, and the best horror for me always will be the original Halloween. The damn fine movie. The original Halloween absolutely phenomenal it's to me it what what 100 personifies what horror is on the edge of your seat you know where the killer is they don't um it was filmed fantastically one of john carpenter's best brilliant music fantastic character um which they absolutely rinsed um and um, got as much out of him as possible. And they're still going. Um, I've, I've liked pretty much all of them. And I was very impressed with the Rob Zombie remakes. Yeah. They were very, very good. They were very... He, he kind of... He did it with a lot of heart and love for the originals. Yeah. And just kind of slightly brought them up to date and made them a little bit, a little bit more gruesome, which is just typical Rob Zombie. Yes. Um. But I love Rob Zombie's films. I think he's a, I think he's a, I feel like he's a much better director than a singer. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to have a lot of people hate me. Well, um, he was, he was never known for his vocal ability. Um, it, was, it was more of his stage presence. It was stage presence, stage show. I know recently he's kind of just gone out with him in a band. I think he's just trying to get that down, being a bit more raw. Yeah. Because I think he got a bit like pull back into having like full production and everything yeah so yeah. i think it's um but yeah he's a damn fine filmmaker his new film he looks, is um interesting uh, oh yeah what's that called I think, um, 31 i think it's that's called. it yeah 30, 31 like insane psychopath killers or something isn't it of which there's probably a clown there somewhere oh most probably there always has oh. to be a clown there always has to be. I love Captain Spaulding. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like Captain Spaulding? He's brilliant. He is. He's, he's I have, brilliant. I have a t-shirt um, and everything. So. <laughs> that, got a t-shirt and everything. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's five, isn't that's it? That's five, yeah. That's five. Yeah, so I feel that, like that's a pretty good sum up. That is. That's a, It's a bit of everything. And they're all good, damn fine movies as well. And so. I'm very, very happy and proud to know that you know what Explorers is and you've oh, watched it. Love it. I do, yeah. I remember watching that as a kid. It's um, one of the most, it's one of the more obscure 80s kids films that not a lot of 80s kids really remember. No, you've got, who's in it? Is it Ethan Hawke? Ethan Hawke was, it was his first film. Yeah. Uh, River Phoenix, River the Phoenix. amazing Phoenix. Um, oh, and I can't remember what the other kids was, yeah. uh, Darren, but I can't remember the actor that played him. Yeah. Patrick something, something Patrick. Yeah, I have to look that up. Anyway, um, Oh, phenomenal film yes. phenomenal film yes. which I will will make my son watch when he's of age yes um, 
he's already watched Labyrinth and Return to Oz and things like that. So he appreciates puppets and things like that. Yeah. Um, oh, this would be a walk yeah. in the park for him then. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But I think Explorers is more, I think Explorers is something that he needs to be a little bit older for. Yeah. Just to sort of get the scope of it. Um, oh yeah. Just, oh yeah. But, I, I, uh, I think I watched it around between six and 10 years old. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's like, it was the space movie. It's well it, to me. It's always been the ultimate kids adventure film. Yeah, you can't you can't go further than than space. Yeah, and that to me was just perfect. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I'm going to go and watch that now. <laughs> Do it. I Do will. It. I will. I've got a bit of time for I have to pick up my kids. Watch it, enjoy it, and have that music. Download the soundtrack. Yeah, and love it. I will. I will. All right, Stu. Well, we're going to finish one more. One more question. Oh, go for it. Where can people find you? Oh, I thought that might be the question. <laughs> um, I do have a website, which is in drastic need of um, updating. But if you do want to look at some stuff on there, it's um, just kickawawa.com. So that's, you sort, of, you sort of spell it as you say it. So it's yeah. kick, a, wow, a. Um, and a lot of people ask me, what does that even mean? Uh-huh. And it was a word. It was a word that my dad came up with for Christmas. Okay. And there you go. All so right. I thought I'd use it, and nobody else could possibly use it, and uh, nobody has ever used it. Yeah. So with type me into Google, I come up at the top of the list. Um. So yeah, kickawawa dot com. Cool. Before we go any further, one yes. other thing. I, I have it written down. Sketch Larue. Sketchy Larue. Yes. Um. <clears throat> Sketchy Larue is kind of a side, a side name. Um, it's, it's a, a whole different kind of animal. It's a different portfolio of work, which I'm currently building at the moment. It's more driven towards when I do, um, conventions. Um, it's literally just for things like conventions, comic strips and commissions. Okay. Whereas my kicker hour stuff is a lot more broad as in, um, I do work with companies, organizations, um, schools, but the Sketchula Roo stuff is more is more the stuff that I really, really want to do. Okay. So and that's just sketchy, as you'd probably yep. think to spell it. Um L A and then R U E. So three separate words, sketchy Larue. Um uh so Kikawawa, Sketch Larue, and Pencil Jam are all on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. So cool. if you if you search for them on Facebook, you should find the right pages and um, have a look, constantly updating. And in fact, I'm trying to do, I'm actually three days behind. Um, I'm going to do um, a doodle a day for every day in February. Okay, cool. So yeah, if you're interested, hop onto any of those pages on Facebook and um, there should be some stuff up there for you to have a little look at. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Stu. Not a problem. Uh, it's been a great chat, and um, yeah. yeah, thank you for doing this. That's a great. I don't get a chance to geek out very much. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, well, you brilliant. you have a good rest of. Well, it's not rest of the day. It's the evening. Enjoy the rest of your evening. It's nearly bedtime for me, sir. It's nearly bedtime. Okay, well, enjoy your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. I will. I will. I've got a few <laughs> hours left of my day. So excellent. But yeah, excellent. Um, thanks again, man, and uh, we'll speak soon. Yeah, no problem. Cool. Bye bye. Bye. yeah there we have it we come to the end of another podcast uh thank you for listening please go rate and review on itunes and stitcher it takes two minutes of your time just go to the itunes page 
leave a review, leave some stars. It's usually out of five. Um, and just leave a couple of words. That would be awesome if you could do that, please. It just helps the podcast gain a bit of a reputation. Also helps these artists and things like that that I bring in give them exposure but yeah uh just to fill in some blanks in the podcast that we couldn't remember while having the conversation the final resident evil film is called the final chapter and the actor we were missing out of explorers was jason presson um yeah just in case you're wondering or you didn't get to imdb in time or anything like that um but yeah thank you again for listening uh dj force x podcast itunes stitcher various other google i think as well even has it various other mediums you can get this off uh proudly sponsored by fixed please go to fixed store use my discount code force x that's f-o-r-c-e-x and get yourself 10 percent off something from uh their artists be it a cd vinyl a poster a t-shirt anything like that there's so much stuff on there go have a look uh, but yeah, so um, I've got plenty of interviews coming up, kind of trying to release every two weeks at the moment. It seems to be working well. Um, I'm going to have another imagination mover on the show. I'm going to have Rich, um, Rich Collins. Uh, he's actually uh, released a solo album, but we'll talk about that with him when he comes on uh, in the next couple of episodes. I've also got my former band that's still going, Victorian Hordogs. Um, they're just about to release a new album at the end of March. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get a couple of them into the um, into the show and uh, yeah, um, chew some fat with them. Also, I've uh, got Matt Rose coming up. Uh, you may or may not have heard of him. He's worked with Dirty Phonics, Excision, currently working with Go Mad and Monster. Uh, he was also in Monuments as well as their singer. Um, but yeah, he's going to come up on the podcast at some point soon. And I've got a whole bunch of others that are kind of penciled in that we're just trying to get confirmed. But yeah, trying to go for every two weeks. Touch wood, cross my fingers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, like I said, it seems to be working at the moment. Um, have one at Christmas, one in the middle of January, one at the end of January, beginning of February. Uh, this one obviously lands uh, Valentine's Day weekend, so have a good one, everyone. If you're listening to this, then um, have a good one on your own. <laughs> anyway, um, and then uh, one at the end of February as well, and then and so forth and so on. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're enjoying it, please rate and review it or even just drop me an email, info at djforcex.com um, or find me on social media. I am at djforcex on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash djforcex uh, or check out djforcex.com. It's just a page at the moment, but there's going to be some stuff coming soon, mainly streaming, all that kind of stuff, all the audio from the radio show uh and from the podcast and stuff like that so i make it a bit more interactive um but yeah uh so until then uh this is dj force x out